Hi, I'm Kai from KDU Gaia Fight Club, and you are listening to KDU Campus Radio. Hello, and you're listening to What's New at KDU with your host, Aaron. And this, this is the show where we tell you all the major news that's happening on KDU Campus, all the minor news that's happening on KDU Campus, and all the little tidbits in between. So, folks, it's been a week. Yeah, yeah, weekly show. Just felt I had to mention it out. And... One of the things that I can tell you that happened this past week is that very little has happened in the past week. We're all leading up to the exam, folks. That's maybe about three three weeks left at most for most of us. And times, times are tough. We got to pack. We got to get ready. We got to get prepped. And we got to get ourselves ready for some of the most toughest things that we're going to have to deal with in our lives right now at this point of our lives. Naturally, for those of you who've already gone out and suffered the trivia, the work problems that happen out there in our daily lives, I understand, folks. You got, you've been listening to this and you're like, <laughs> child's play. Fact is, guys, there's a lot to be said for trying to remember, remember all kinds of little tidbits and information that you may or may not need when you head outside and you will need right now in order to attend your paper. And it's a challenge in itself, especially given the... Given where we are, given the students that's tackling it at the moment, especially given the age gap, and also what they might, what they've accomplished thus far, and what they plan plan to accomplish in the future. So, guys, give a give, give your if you're one of those students that has got a few years on you, you've, you're in the you're in the twenty fives, maybe twenty sevens, whichever it is. Cut your cut your fellow mate some slack. They're still kids; they'll need to learn. And for you kids, just so you all know, I understand. We're all, we've all been there before, and the important thing is right now you give your very best and your level all in achieving whatever you want to achieve. So guys, there's some event announcements on what might be happening in the next, week, next few weeks. So, on the 24th of July, on a Monday of all things, we have what we call the Free Yourself Carnival. Yeah, this one's hosted by the MassCom group, and they have quite a few things they want to say about their nice little event. So... One of the things that's going to be occurring in these things is carnival games, and they've got quite a few big ones. So just going through the names here, they've got something called Giant Soda Pong, Blanket Race, Are You Strong Enough, spelled in the most in the most horrendous way possible, Lord of the Ring, it's a pun, look, look out for that in a bit, and Shootout. So what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be giving you guys a quick spiel on what exactly are these events and what, how, what are they going to be doing in each one of these points. So, starting straight off the bat, the first carnival game is Giant Soda Pong. And the game encompasses the rule of a game known as Beer Pong. So, you know, Big Wolf. Pong Pong, you know what it was saying. But it's not actually the Pong that we have up there on the games part. But this is just Pong, you know, the kind of drinking Pong. But of course, 100% halal. So... Without the use, for starters, people who are unaware of the game of ping, beer pong, it essentially requires players to throw a ping pong ball across the table with the intent of landing the ball into the cup placed on the other end. If you land it in the cup, your opponent must remove the cup away, and hence the player who eliminates all the cups the fastest wins. And if you miss, you gotta, usually in beer pong, if you miss, you gotta drink it. So in the case of giant soda pong, you'll be replacing they'll be replacing the cups with trash cans wrapped in red color paper to replicate the look of a red plastic cup. So they're going the full mile to have that little have that little like prop look to it. And the ping pong balls are going to be replaced with oh dear volleyballs. So as to the rule of the game, the victory will be given to the players who eliminates the buckets within the three minute time limit. So guys, if you are looking to have a giant game of beer pong but this time with soda and without any actual drinks involved give it a shot i don't think they're gonna ask you to drink the entire trash can worth of alcohol so i think you guys are in the clear on that so the very next game would be the carnival game number two and that's blanket race so the blanket race as i've been described to me it's a game that consists of two players in each team and they'll be asked to complete a designated race course with one player sitting on the blanket while the other is pulling the blanket. So it's kind of like Aladdin, only that Aladdin was what actually kept the entire carpet flying and he was out there just pedaling along Jasmine as he ran along, ran along the sky. 
So when the team reaches the first checkpoint, they're required to switch positions and head back to the original starting position, which is now deemed as the finish line. So this is what this is the part where Aladdin collapses from you know fatigue, and that's when Jasmine needs to get out, and she herself suddenly becomes the buoyant material, and he carries her back. He carries him back to the palace. So the victory will be given to two players who complete the race course within the one minute time limit. As far as I can see, these aren't really my kind of games, but you know. It's, I can see the fun involved in here. I can see it somewhat. So, in regards to Carnival Game number three, you've got Are You Strong Enough, spelled Are You Strong and N-U-F. So, in collaboration with Jasmine Rice, the following activity will essentially imply the concept of a powerlifting competition. But instead of actual weights, we will be utilizing the sponsor's merchandise instead. Sorry about the we. We're not affiliated with these guys. It's just that's what's been passed to me. And jazz, and a jasmine rice bag. Huh. The rule of the competition consists of a team of four players lifting and holding up the rice bags for a certain amount of time. So it's kind of like a lifting thing, and you just keep it there. Just a bag of rice, and you just hold it. You're allowed to carry the rice bags in whichever way possible as long as it doesn't hit the ground, and a victory will be given to the four players who collectively survives the test of will within the allocated time limit. They're not exactly saying how long you have to do this, so for those of you who've already got yourselves nicely jacked up in the gym or wherever it is you decide to build up those muscles of yours, this is the time to go and prove it and maybe earn something. I don't know if any of these carnival games will give you prizes, but hey... Give it a shot. All they're asking you to do is carry a bag of rice. And, you know, you do that plenty of times enough when you're climbing up the stairs on the way to, I don't know, your apartments. I know I did at one point. You see, back in, back in the day, like, I used to stay up, like, maybe fourth floor. And back then, they had no elevators. Yeah, I'm not talking about when my time in KDU. I'm talking about back then when I was still hanging out with a couple of my friends over at IMU. And at that time, the elevators got busted. And we have a we have a apartment of close to six people. None of them were in, and I was in charge of getting rice. So I got the rice, and I walked up, and with about four bags of rice, and I had to make about two trips. I had to go all the way down, pick up the bags, go all the way back up, drop the bags, go all the way back down, pick up the bags, drop, go all the way back up, drop the bags. It was tiring, but yeah. This is essentially just you staying there in the same position. So, guys, this is your time to shine. All right, guys, we'll be back later on with a bit with two more of the games that will be present at this event. And after that, I'll be giving a quick description on the second major event that's going to be occurring in KDU. So please stay tuned to What's New at KDU. Hello, my lovely listeners, and you're listening to What's New at KDU with your host, Aaron. Guys, as I was mentioning earlier on, there's something called the free... Free the Soul Carnival, and hang on, hang on, hang on, let me just be sure about that. Yeah, Free Yourself Carnival. So, it's an FYS, so I'm not sure, maybe the S is supposed to be the self part, but I don't know, Free Your Soul, Feed the Soul, it's FTS, FYS. These these naming conventions do confuse me once in a while. So, guys, straight back to the point. Um, this ev- The next event, Carnival Game, that I was liking, to m- I wanted to mention to you guys, was the Carnival Game number 4. And in Carnival Game number core- 4, it's basically a game of ring toss, ring toss, and it's when you need an individual to toss and land a ring on a pole. Hence the name Lord of the Rings. Ha ha. The required applause happens here and the but in Lord of the Ring the challenge lies with the fact that the player must toss and land the ring on a colored targeted plastic bottle instead. Also there will only be 8 colored bottles stacked up among a pool of 30 bottles. Therefore the player should be extremely accurate with their aim. Not to mention, the players will be given five rings each round. Due to the difficulty of the game, the victory will be given to the player who lands on three colored plastic bottles. So imagine if you're looking at like those little data bots with all those little dots, 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 and suddenly you see like three, three. In this case, eight that will be lit up in a group of thirty, and you can only make, you can only let your ring go around those. So this is a game of accuracy as much as it is a game of throwing. So you got to make sure you throw right as well as figure out where it's going to be landing at any given time. The pun name aside, it sounds pretty fun, if not incredibly difficult. And finally, the last carnival game that they have available is what they call the shootout. 
And in the game, the shootout, it's basically, you know, you've ever been to those carnivals where they tell you, hey, shoot the targets that's, that's over there, you win, you might win something? Well, that's basically what it is. The shootout is a modified version of the target shooting game. And instead of toy rifles and plastic bullets, shootout will be incorporating the use of Nerf gun and foam bullets. Now, guys, full disclaimer, I have not wi the NCOM group is in no way affiliated with what's going on here, so we do not know what kind of Nerf guns they're using. Are they using a Strife with massive, massive rapid-fire rounds, but incredibly inaccurate, inaccurate things unless it's modded? Or are they giving us a sharp fire? In another case, it'll be pretty much a breeze. We won't know, guys. But all I can tell you is that you've got to hit five targets, and you've got to hit three out of the five targets with, let's say, five bullets. So I'm guessing it's a, fi it's a five clipper, and it's probably moving. It's going to be a clip, most likely. So, hmm. A clip, it's likely gonna be fiver. It's going to be that means it needs to be a clip based system, right? Uh, okay, too many blasters fit that category. I don't know, guys, but you know, you're supposed to hit those five targets that are placed on the table right across from your standing position. It's important to note that the targets will be positioned at different heights, so you know, there'll be a low shot, there'll be a high shot, there'll be a medium shot, there'll be a shot to the left, a shot to the right. Your classic five. And victory, you only need to hit three of them, so victory will go to you then. So, guys, this is the information that's been given me in regards to the carnival. And one of the things what I need to tell you guys is that it is happening at KDU University itself. And it will be happening on the 24th of July, Monday, on a Monday, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you guys got time, just go, go ahead and have a look. If I'm not mistaken, submission. Admission dates, admission fees, there is no admission fee actually. There will be no admission fees, you can just go in, have a look. If you want to try the game out, ask them about it. They might be charging you for that one, I'm not too sure. So, enjoy. And on the other event that I've got to announce, this one here is for all you folks who have a slight, slight enjoyment or loves the idea of Nihon, Japan. And that would be Bonadori 2017 in Shalom. Now, guys, this event will be happening at the stadium Matsushita Panasonic. I do not know if I pronounced that right. And it will be happening, which is located at Section 21 Shalom. You know that um, you know that stadium that's just down the road. If you're on your way to KDU, you see this massive, massive stadium that's just over there. That's the stadium we're talking about, and it will be happening on a Saturday from six. Well, sorry, 4.30 until 9.30, and it will be happening this coming weekend, the 22nd. Guys, yeah, I will be cutting into a bit more detail on what the event actually is, but one of the things I'd like to bring out right now is that I do believe that KDU will be providing transportation there. If you, do, if you guys are interested in hopping along or tagging along for the trip there yourselves, um, all you need to do is contact a Brian KCY of An Inspiration, KDU An Inspiration, which is now under Gaia, the Gaia group itself. If you guys are interested, do go in, have a look about, have a look about and see what it is about. So for those of you who are interested in knowing what Bonadori is about, stay tuned because right after this I'll be explaining in depth what it is, but just as a quick preview of what it what it is actually about. Obon or Bon is just a Japanese Buddhist custom to honor the spirits of one's ancestors. And I'm not really going to spend spell much more. So guys, do stay tuned as I get into Japanese culture and this Japanese culture that has managed to make its way all across the sea to us. Whether it's a holdover of the occupation or, you know, just the weeaboo culture going up big, I'm not really sure, actually. So I'm gonna go, I'll be doing my best to research this alongside with you guys as we look through the wonderful joys of Wikipedia. Stay tuned, folks. See you in a bit. Hello, my dear listeners, and you're listening to What's New at KDU with your host, Aaron. As I was mentioning earlier on, I was going to be explaining to you guys about the Bonadori Festival, and to do that, I've actually gone and got myself a guest on the show today. So, to introduce you all, this is my friend, Krishnan. Krishnan, say hi. Hey, hi. All right, so Krishnan is a... He is a avid goer of the Bonadori Festival, and he's been going for quite a few years as it is. Is that right? Yep. All right, so, Krish, I need you to explain to me, explain to me as the layman here, what exactly is Bonadori? Well, basically, I'll just give you, a, like, a lowdown. Um, Bonadori is actually a Japanese festival where the Japanese people actually go there to pay their respects to the dead. 
Respects to the dead, huh? Mm-hmm. And they dance and they sing in honor of their the ones that they have lost in, uh, I don't know, maybe previous wars or uh, past life, stuff like that. I see. So essentially it is a festival that honors the dead. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay, that's pretty heavy. So I don't think... So for any of you who are planning to go to the event, here's a little bit of advice. I have actually been hearing about some folks who felt it was prudent or in right to go there in cosplay. That is not cool, guys. Yeah, it's not so cool be- at all. That is not cool at all. So bear in mind, guys, Bonadori is not your regular Japanese festival. This isn't your Comic-Con. This isn't your comic fiesta. This is a solemn event. Yukatas are fine, though, right? Just to check, is Yukata's fine? Are yeah. Yukata's alright? Uh, Yukata is fine. What other outfits are okay to wear when you're going to these events? Um, just wear anything that you feel comfortable in summer. What about Japanese stuff? Okay, what is the correct protocol when we're going to these kind of events? Like, how much respect do we give to? Because as far as I understand it, from somebody who's been to these sort of, who's never been to these things and is planning to go this weekend, all I know is that, one, people shouldn't cosplay to this thing. It is a festival for the dead, and that there's going to be food. And it seems everybody is quite fixated on food. So give me a bit of a spiel. What exactly is going on here? Why is there food? Why does it feel like a festival when it's to honor the dead? It sounds pretty solemn, you know? What do they do at this event? Well, uh, to be honest, I, I was only told from a fellow Japanese friend that uh, in order to actually honor the dead, especially since Japanese people are very fond of drinking um, mm. and eating. Um, and uh, yes. they they actually have sakura viewing back in Japan, but obviously that doesn't happen in places like Malaysia. Yeah, yes, yeah of, course, so, of course. But they still do it regardless. They will at least like place a, a picnic blanket uh, for their families and friends to sit on. Oh, does that happen here? Oh, yeah. Um, they do it in all the Bonodoris around the world. Okay, okay. That sounds amazing. Mm. All right. One thing I want to ask, though. What's up with the drum? Can you tell me what the drum and all the beating thing, and I heard there's dancing involved? Oh, yeah. that's uh, Like I said before, they actually um, they play the drums, they dance, and they sing in honor of their the dead. So mm-hmm. um, they have, like, a few songs that are specifically selected for... Uh, Bonadori, I mean, for this festival itself. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what they're called, but they usually play them, um, like, I think they play one of the songs, like, five times. One of the songs five times? Yeah. Okay. I'm not exactly sure why is th- why is it so, but they actually just wanted to keep it in repeat so that they can get everyone who hasn't joined in, including non-Japanese people, to just take uh, take part in the activity. Take part in the festival, huh? Mm-hmm. They I can see, see. jump in and maybe uh, just follow what the other Japanese people are doing. They just like follow the dance moves. Mm-hmm. And are sing are there usually a lot of Japanese people at these festivals? Like especially here in Malaysia? Uh, for what I witnessed over the past years, I have seen quite a lot. And I think it oh. started to increase more. I see, I see, I see. And for what I've heard from my Japanese friend, they even brought in they're folks from Penang because mm-hmm. they actually have a Bonadori in in Penang, if I'm not mistaken. And they actually try and travel over to Sha Lam to mm-hmm. experience the other versions of Bonadori, which, which to them I think is no different. But regardless of that, they just wanted to maybe meet more Japanese people, if I'm not mistaken. And that's the motivation, I suppose, for the Malaysian to go to these events. That and the food, that and the drinks, mm-hmm. and also a bit of flesh in the culture, right? Oh, yeah. I see. Okay, so there is a few other things I'd like to ask. I've heard, apparently, that there is a bus to- bus group that's coming out from KDU. Maybe you'd like to elaborate a little bit on that? Oh, um, we're going to have a... Um, there will be a bus for those who want to... Um, follow up on you know like if they want to like go to the event they can follow us um, we'll be I think uh, departing around 4pm or 5pm 4pm or 5pm huh? yeah I haven't really confirmed that yet I see I see so if anybody wanted to know a bit more about this should, who should they contact if I'm not mistaken it should be Brian of An Inspiration correct? Night yes. Now under Gaia? they can contact Brian of uh, 
Gaia. Okay. Is anyone else taking contact? Usually, where can we find these folks? Ooh, uh, well, they're pretty much in the student hideout. Ah, okay. The glass box, huh? Mm-hmm. All right, that sounds amazing. So that means if anybody, okay, guys, my fellow listeners, if you are interested in joining, all you got to do is walk over to the, to the glass box, ask around for a Brian of inspiration or of Gaia, and he'll probably stand up. If he's not there, one of the folks there, I'm sure, will tell you, oh, hey, he's here, or do you want to leave a message? You can leave your message, maybe a bit of your contact details, and he'll contact you about the bus that's happening. It's leaving this Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So, as a few more, a bit of more tidbits on what's happening at Bonadori. Um, it is a, usually a three-day festival, but for this one, because it's Malaysia here, they only have one. Right? Can I get a bit of question? I want to ask: Is that normal? Why is it only one fe- one day on when it's here? Why is it three days there? Well, the festival only takes place on well once a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess they only have it once uh, every year. So they. It's not like they're gonna have multiple repeats unless you are basing it on other e- other events that are similar to Bonadori. But to be honest, the one that's happening this Saturday that happens every year is the legit one. The legit one. Yeah, Le- you listen to that, folks. You hear that? It is legit. So, guys, next. Na- uh, in the next few segments, I'm going to be getting into student boosters. And for now, I hope that's enough information for you guys and decide on making your decisions on what the events you want to join. Right after this, um, my mistake, we're not going into student booster. We'll be talking about hot shots and what has recently happened and what is going to happen. So, guys, stay tuned. Only here on What's New KDU. Hello again, listeners, and you're listening to... What's new at KDU with your host, Aaron. So, guys, I want to be telling you guys a little bit about an event that has been... You've been hearing news about it, probably little nicklets here and there. And guess what? They were just qualifiers because the main event is happening from the 22nd to 23rd of July. Guys, this is Hot Shots Asia 2017. Now, guys, for any of you who don't know what the Hot Shots Asia is... DNA's Hot Shots Asia 2017 is a brand new go-to event for all gamers alike. It was curated in 2017, so it's pretty young, and the event is born and bred to be the connecting bridge between gamers and the industry. Ranging from a vast variety of not only fun and entertaining activities on site, Hot Shots offers the key towards educating gamers to discover their skills in the competitive scene of esports within, with the full support, of course, of the industry. One of Hotshot's unique experience would be interesting, introducing a non-virtual challenge of knowing your rig by testing every gamer with a knowledge of PC parts by modding it. So guys, there is a modding competition, and the event will be a back-to-back two-day adventure jam-packed with a horde of new and exciting activities as part of the program. And guys, this is not a, this is not a plug-in. I am reading this straight off the website. Among the few, among the very few activities added to the event, you will definitely be expecting a smashing e-games tournament between six varsities in the country. Beautiful cosplay skill by skilled costume and prop makers, several tech demo exhibitions, and fancy gadgets by young entrepreneurs and large industries. And one of its highlights, the indie games showcase, featuring the new and young talents in the gaming industry and the country. So, guys, a few I got a bit of information on who's going to be coming down to this event in regards to the cosplay, and it turns out Anis will be there. If you guys don't know who Anis is, Anis is a thigh cosplayer, and she is one of the old, one of the more like established cosplayers that's out in the area. She's coming on down. She will be there. So, if you guys are interested in having a look, go see apart from that the tech demo exhibitions and the young entrepreneur stuff it's really awesome stuff and one of the the highlights the indie game showcase for those of you who aren't quite sure what that is you see there is a game industry in malaysia i know it's crazy right it's like you don't expect that going on i know okay fine for those of you who actually come to kdu and are not part of the games course you know more or less that there is an industry but no one's really heard about it no one really hears about it here on the ground. On the ground, you guys most likely are caught in the blight headlights of things like Overwatch, or things like things like Call of Duty, maybe a bit of StarCraft. Thing is, guys, there is a scene and it is booming. It is, it has got folks coming in all the, all over the place. I myself am studying to get into this industry. You've got people like MDeck supporting a host of new folks, and in this one, the games that. 
in this indie studio showcase, they've got a lot. They're basically going to be taking a bunch of games, a bunch of games that have been made by the in, that's been made in the industry, and they will be showing it to folks that are come. They'll be showing it to you guys for you guys to play test, for them to take play, valuable play test data, and you know, enjoying what it and seeing everyone gets to see. How, what the industry is right now here in Malaysia. Just see what the quality of games are like, you know? So, one of the things that we need to know is that Hot Shots will bring every video game fan on the hands-on experience on the latest games around the world. And these, this is something to know, guys. The Indie Game Showcase won't just be Malaysian games, but Malaysian games will be competing in it. It seems that we'll be getting games all across the world coming down. Little indie studios that want to try and get get in on the big on the biz here and they'll be coming down they'll be competing and they'll be trying to enjoy get themselves to have to win back whatever prize that's going to be available at the time and if they're really going to be able to attract folks from across the sea i bet there's probably one hell of a prize waiting in there so guys some of the games that's going to be made available at this thing the big the big game titles that will be at this event happen to be street fighter 5 PES 2017 Pro Evolution Soccer. Oh, yeah, so, you know, soccer game. And there will be Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, Tekken 7, Dota 2. Oh, I see all the people getting ready right now. And Overwatch. Yes, I see all of you getting ready your little hats, getting ready to call, call in yourselves as support mercies or the fan fantastic people like Reinhardt to get put push things forward. And also Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike. In specifically the global offensive and guys this is all going to be presented by ps4 and it will be the official esports game titles that will be available here probably as competitions for this particular event now guys the main event itself which is what which, which is what we're all looking out for looking forward to this 22nd to 23rd of Ju july will be a two-day extravaganza of everything esports being touted as Malaysia's epic esports festival, it will be prepared to watch the best amateur teams and cyber athletes duke it out after two months of back-to-back -back open university qualifiers. So if any of you have been hearing news about it, that was what you were hearing. That's all that's been going on recently. Nothing but open university qualifiers. People just getting ready for this event. And it all comes down to the finals as champions need to be chosen. Seven amazing teams, games with the huge followings all around the cyber, cyber sports world will be there. And these several games, I've just mentioned it to you all. And what we're going to be seeing is one heck of a competition and one hell of an event. It looks to be quite a bit of fun. And a little bit on what's going to, who's going to be here and what's going to be happening at this event. Let me talk a little bit about the Indie Game Showcase again. So guys, in the spirit of the growing communities and passion-based projects, they've invited 10 local indie game developers to showcase what they've been working on. It's about time the local game developers got the spotlight they needed. So games will never have gotten to a position like this if they weren't for loyal fans. So let's show these guys some love. What's going to be there is basically demo showcase, project matching, and network and business matching. So these guys are going down there trying to get a job or trying to secure deals to help make their industry a lot better, just like I mentioned earlier on. And it's all driven by MDEC. So guys, if you are interested in this event, it's happening this weekend in KDU, 22nd to 23rd of July, and it will be inside our campus itself. Exactly where on campus? I'm not really sure because they don't actually put that on the they don't put that on the website itself. What I can tell you is that if it's an event this big, there's no way you'll miss out where it is. So guys, do stay tuned as well after, right after this, after these, annou these announcements are now concluded. We'll be now going into the student booster segment of our show where we'll be talking about little tips, tidbits, tricks, little trivia bits that you might want to know as a student going through their lives in college. Stay tuned, folks. Hello again, KDU, and this is What's New at KDU with your host, Aaron. So guys, exams are rolling up, as I mentioned early on, and I know not a lot of us like to be reminded of it, but this is a news channel, so I will be giving you news, even though this is Captain Obvious News. Fact is, guys, because the exams are rolling up, and we're all going to be really, really stressed out by what's going to be coming, there will be, undoubtedly, folks that will be going straight over to prepare themselves to go and do the time-honored tradition for all college students around the late game, the late night crunch. The late night crunch that lasts well into the night that goes easily up to 5, 6 in the morning. 
And just a bit of advice, folks, if you haven't been hearing me from the last week when I was talking about the actual study tips, I could tell you this, try not to do that. It is not a good idea to do that in the last minute. But for those of you who are going to do it, no doubt you guys will be ingesting one particular chemical, one particular stimulant, my dear friends, that you will actually you, you will actually be consuming in a drink. And this is coffee, caffeine specifically. So now a lot of you guys will be drinking this and you'll be drinking this in large quantities. I think it is it pays to actually know what it is you're ingesting and how it affects you. So guys, what is caffeine? Here's the thing. The Food and Drug Administration, or the FDA, they specifically define caffeine as both a drug and a food additive. For those of you who are going around saying, ah, oh, nah, this is just a stimulant, nothing like that. Guys, this is still a drug. It is a legal drug, but it is still a drug. And it is used in prescription and OTC medicines to treat tiredness, drowsiness, and to improve the effect of some pain relievers. So guys, this is important. This caffeine belongs to a group of medicines called the central nervous system stimulants. And that is still drugs. So, okay, before I get too much into that, where can you find caffeine? Well, it used to be that you could find caffeine in tea, coffee, and chocolate. But now you can also find it in gum, of all things. Jelly beans, waffles, water, water. Yes, I'm not kidding. Water and syrup and more. So in response to this, the FDA went around and he said, "You got if you want to go put caffeine in this, you got to put an actual tag that says added caffeine in all in your product." So this is their way of helping it. But here's the thing: if they're taking these many steps to try and identify when this particular caffeine is available, you got to ask yourself, what? Why is the FDA so? Why are they watching this? Why are they looking at this? And this actually matters when you look and carefully on how caffeine affects your body. So when caffeine is consumed in food or as a medicine, it changes the way the brain and body work. Once consumed, you know, it takes about 45 minutes for the caffeine to be absorbed into your blood and body tissue. Caffeine, you see, is, ma is molecularly similar to adenosine. A chemical, did I pronounce that right? Adenosine? Yeah, adenosine, guys. A chemical that is, present, that is present in all human cells. I am so sorry, guys. I think I need some caffeine myself. So in the brain, adenosine acts as a central nervous system depressant. In normal conditions, this thing promotes sleep and suppresses arousal by slowing down nerve activity. Kind of important when you want to try and, you know, when you actually need to sleep. And if you don't, when it binds to your body, it also causes your blood vessels in the brain to dilate to increase oxygen intake during sleep. So that's why you feel refreshed at the end of it. So here's the thing. The reason you feel tired every day is because when you're awake, the levels of adenosine in the brain rise with every hour. And with every hour, eventually you're going to hit terminal point, And that's why you eventually get sleepy after spending long periods awake. Now, here's the thing. Caffeine looks exactly like adenosine to a nerve cell. So that's, therefore, caffeine can bind directly to where the adenosine receptors are. Now, this all sounds really sciencey terms, but in, contra in basic formula, you have, a, you have a little chemical that's in your body that is already telling your body to go to sleep. Caffeine directly replaces this, and that's why your body can no longer sense it. So that's why instead of slowing down because of your levels of adenosine, which is that chemical, your cellular activity speeds up, and you feel more alert. You feel happier. You feel more, ooh, I'm ready to go, people. So here's the thing, guys. You need to understand that while that is a good effect, you've got to understand a few of the bad effects. You see, you are given a temporary sense of wakefulness and alertness, but it can cause issues. And if some of you have overdosed on coffee before, like I have, and I will share with you guys how exactly that happened, they, it does cause other issues, such as the jitters and the shakes, disrupted sleep, fast or uneven heartbeat, high blood pressure, headaches, nervousness, dizziness, dependency. Because, you know, once you've got so many, you've got all this, uh, you've got all this caffeine in your body and it's constantly replacing your adenosine, you get, you, you want this. You want this to stay awake constantly. And even, and, you know, also dehydration. So, guys, you have to understand that once consumed, caffeine reaches peak level in the blood within one hour and remains there for four to six hours. So you guys are roughly knowing how long this stuff can last. So you don't need to overdrink your coffee at one go. That really doesn't help you guys. So you have to understand that. And if you overdrink, if you overdrink it, it caffeine also happens to release acid in the stomach, and it will lead to a some upset stomach or heartburn. 
and I can personally vouch for that happening. Guys, before I entered KDU, I was part of Brickfields-ish college, and I used to study law. Hated it. I, I couldn't stand it, personally, because I'm not a man who can memorize one thing, and also I'm not good with twisting truth. So when I give you guys, I give it to you guys straight. And here's the thing. When I was getting ready for one of the exams, I was your average kid. I didn't take time to actually memorize my things properly, and it was something I just could not study. I put it in my head. So when it came down to the day, when a day when I actually had to go for the exams, it was literally the night before, and I had to cram. I had to cram like no tomorrow. And what I did is that I took 14 sticks of coffee. Yes, 14. Poured it all into a pot. Boiled it with water cooled it overnight, poured all of that into a 1.5 liter bottle, and drank it throughout the day as I got, drank it throughout the night, and then all throughout the day as I got ready for the exams. And I tell you guys, it was the worst decision of my life. I was jittery. Every single one of those side effects that I've just mentioned to you, I had in spades on that day. And I don't know, I felt like dying personally, but, you know, relative levels of pain. And here's the thing, because of that, and after ever since that incident, I have GERD. I actually have gastrointestinal reflux because of my constant abuse of this substance. So as a guy who has been and is still kind of a coffee addict, this is my advice to you guys. Take it carefully. Take it only when you need it. I've already tell you, told you guys when and how this thing works. So you have to remember, it reaches peak, level peak in your blood within one hour, and it stays there for four to six hours. You don't need continual doses. And if it's not working, if the doses stop working, that means you've got to stop taking it because there's just too much. Your body's already taken too much. All right, guys? So... We'll be back after this with a bit more student boosters for you guys to know a little bit more about life in KDU and little tips and tricks that might help you out. Stay tuned. Hey guys, and you're here with What's New at KDU with your host, Aaron. So guys, one of the things I wanted to bring up today is actually one of, our, one of the more popular TV shows that have been showing up recently. And this TV show, um, if you guys haven't known, is an animated show. I'll give you a bit of time to guess. It's an animated show about a grandfather who takes his young grandson on wacky sci-fi rigmarole adventures as they attempt to go around and, you know, cause all kinds of ruckus. They're not exactly there to go save the world. They're kind of just there to cause as much ruckus as possible. And this show, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys haven't guessed, is Rick and Morty. Now, for those of you fans out there, I'm sure some of you you guys love the show. The humor is amazing. The fun the fun is spot on. The animation isn't half bad actually. So guys, I want to ask you guys one thing. Do you guys know what why do you guys like it? Have you guys ever considered just thought, sat down for a minute, just sat down, just thought for a minute and like, "Hey, why do I like this topic? Why do I like Rick and Morty?" And right now, I'm going to try and provide at least one view one particular argument on why that might be so and guys the reason why you might enjoy the idea of rick and morty and why it is such an awesome show is simply that rick and morty deal is the first time you've ever heard and you ever will hear of an absurd hero that goes all the way now this is all terms that does not seem to make sense at first so i'm going to delve in with a bit of explanations so guys if you guys don't know what the idea of absurdism is absurdism is an existential philosophy concept it's the idea it was pioneered by albert camus and it was basically about how we live in a very very terrible cruel and meaningless universe well where we're constantly always on the wheel trying our best to find meaning in it whether it's in religion and love in society friends and social circles we're trying to find meaning in a meaningless universe, and that is that can be a very, very painful, if not absolutely horrifying journey. And guys, the answer, and uh, here's the thing, in Rick and Morty, he completely compl and utterly ignores these philosophies. Now, guys, I know some of you may have seen season two, so quick spoiler alert. If any of you have not seen season three's intro and also season two's ending, I urge you guys to go get tune off this channel for the next about for the next part of the segment until we get back to music. So getting back into this right now, 
Everybody got it yet? The ones who don't want to be spoiled? Okay. Now, spoilers. In season two, Rick actually goes to Rick actually goes to the wedding of Birdman, and he's over there. He's trying his best. He's actually opening up. You see it. You see it. He's actually going around. He's saying, you know, if I like, if Bird Person loves Tammy, then I love Tammy too. And that was actually him for once, actually trying to find meaning or ex- letting his guard down and just accepting that there is meaning to this universe. And then Tammy turns out to be a secret agent. Kills a lot of them, gets it out, and Rick actually gives up his self to actually go in. go Because he sees his family, you know, in such dire straits, he actually goes out of his way. He tells, he goes and s- submits himself to the Galactic Federation and is in prison in season two. Guys, when you saw that, you all thought, damn, this actually has, this guy actually might actually find meaning. This guy may actually love his family and maybe the next episode's going to be about how they try to help bust him out of prison where he's still moping in sadness and then you watch season three and season three is everything we thought we thought it would be it well we thought it wouldn't be and it was just him going 100 percent absolutely bonkers and that's the essence of an absurd hero an absurd hero is someone who finds joy in the universe that he is in he is someone who goes into this thing and is like you know I actually like I actually don't care if we're in this universe. We I actually I'm going to find some fun in this and take my take my pleasure in this. And here's the thing. Categorically speaking, Rick is not an absurd hero. Only because absurd heroes find joy in this universe. Rick does not. After all, wubba dub dub is I am in great pain. Yeah, guys, if you guys didn't watch that episode, I am so sorry. This is this particular segment is going to be filled with spoilers. So, one of the things one of the things that you guys may have also heard about and may not understand at all and now you might is this particular line right over here. New sauce for the McNuggets called Szechuan sauce, and it's delicious. And then they got rid of it, and now it's gone. This is the only place we're going to be able to try it is in my memory. Rick, you're- guys, if you guys didn't hear that, that is the Szechuan sauce. And a lot of us, even myself included, had no idea why it was even being mentioned. Like, what is this? What kind of gag is this? Why is this throwaway gag just here out of nowhere? And it turns out it ties perfectly well into the idea of absurdism. Because if the world already has no meaning, if love has no meaning, if religion has no meaning, our social circles mean nothing, existence is arbitrary, everyone dies, why not? Why not? That question is, why not devote your life to doing something as absurd as Szechuan sauce? Why not spend nine seasons to do it? Why not take your time? Why not, like, 97 more years to figure out and find the Szechuan sauce once again? That is something that is the essence and heart of the absurd hero. And while some of us may be looking at it and, hey, this is a funny gag, it also carries a secondary meaning, which is, hey, this is what absurdism is about finding joy in a world that is already cruel and uncaring to us and sometimes when life gives you lemons you just learn to deal with it you just learn to deal with it and accept it and the absurd hero accepts it by throwing himself embracing himself fully into the absurd so maybe you know based on what we see in this since once we see in this idea of absurdism maybe rick's journey might just be him trying to find well meaning where he's well, not meaning, sorry. Well, he will try and find the Szechuan sauce. He actually might, this character development that he may actually experience is where he will find a way to find joy. And in doing, find joy in his existence. And in doing so, he will actually become, he will actually become the absurd hero. And this is a little bit of insight into some, into our current KDU's most favorite TV show, Rick and Morty. So guys, I will be coming back again later on with a few bit more information on student boosters, so stay tuned and I'll be signing off right now for the interim. Enjoy your music, guys. Hello, guys, and you're listening in to What's New at KDU with Aaron. So guys, some things I want to put out down here. In case some of you have not noticed, if you have been making the crossing over from the Eutropolis area over down to KDU, you would have noticed in the past few months sporadically they'll come in and out once in a while you'll see these people in nicely dressed suits usually in twos or threes and they're very eager to talk to you 
they're very eager to come and engage with you and then suddenly all of a sudden they'll take out the book yeah guys you know what i'm talking about the one of them i don't i only have seen three of them thus far and all three have had korean folks and these folks seem to be coming from the same the same particular denomination or church if they call as they call it they move over they've been coming around recently and trying to spread the good news their good news and some of you may have been listening some of you may be wondering what's going on here what's putting out here and guys i just wanted to give a bit of a pspd uh, psa announcement that's the right word. that's the right term public service announcement yeah that's right uh public service announcement announcement on what they might be and guys if you guys have not had the experience of the umbrella people or the bicycle folks as we do in Sarawak, maybe they have it here, and or folks that are in the butt in the trains the way they just come over and approach you, this is what they would call a cult. Yes, an accusation it's heavy to levy on, and I cannot one hundred percent say that these people are. But what I can do, however, is tell you guys how to spot them. Now here's an important thing to know folks that not all cults are necessarily religious they can be political they can be therapy based they can be focused on self-improvement like uh, i don't know fight club and not all religions are new religions are cults so let's get that out of the way first let's not assume that every new religion is automatically a cult and at the same time not all cults are necessarily religious we're dealing with a very specific subset here people and right now i'm going to give you guys a few a quick checklist on how to identify whether something might be a cult now guys this is in no way a 100% definitive answer and once you have the checklist of all of them there's no guarantee that this is exactly what it is but what i can what i can say is that if this checks out 100% all the way down maybe you want to walk away the other way just you know as a fellow friend fellow friend fellow kdu student telling you might want to walk the other direction so guys let's get straight to it so one of the first traits that you'll notice if you do notice is that the group displays excessively zealous and unquestioning commitment to its leader whether he's alive or dead and regards his belief system ideology and practices as the truth as law they any sort of questioning doubt and dissent are discouraged even punished and mind altering practices such as meditation chanting speaking in tongues denunciation sessions and debilitating work routines are used in excess to serve the to serve to suppress doubts about the group and its leaders the leadership dictates sometimes in great detail how members should think act and feel for example um in some cases members are must get permission to date to change jobs to marry or leaders prescribe what types of clothes to wear where to live whether or not to have children and how to discipline children so on so forth you see there if you haven't noticed here they've got a bit of they've got a big hard on when it comes to con- to maintaining control of your over the air members lives so the group is also very elitist claiming a special exalted status for itself its leaders and members for example the leader is considered a messiah <laughs> and a special being an avatar whatever he's on a special human special mission to save humanity and because you believe it you are part of this elite cool club the group also has a polarized us versus them mentality which may cause conflict with the wider society mm this is very interesting The leader is not accountable for any authorities unlike for example teachers military commanders or ministers priests monks blah etc etc most of the other religious denominations you can call them into account for their their pro- actions in this one he is he is without flaw he is without any sort of failure and that is the one big defining difference between a cult and religion the leadership induces feelings of shame or guilt in order to influence or control their members often this is done through peer pressure or more subtle forms of persuasion and guys bear in mind this can happen to you so you might laugh at this but think about it have you not had a friend or anybody who seems to be very 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 strange into a particular group a group of people this is how you help them this is how you look at 
and say, hey, maybe you want to step back for a bit and assess what you're doing. Because if a group tells you to not consider or think or rationalize what it is you're doing, there is something wrong, folks. Other things that come in is that subversions to the leader or group requires members to cut ties with families and friends and radically alter the personal goals and activities they've had before they joined the group. And this is something I have personally seen. If you guys have are not aware, Malaysia is rife with little groups of MLM scanners, scammers. And what they usually require is that you try to get folks in and in doing so you end up cutting ties with folks who don't want to join your particular group. This isn't all. This isn't. This isn't always the case. But in the few cases that I have observed personally, that is literally what happens, and it is scary to watch. The group can also be preoccupied with bringing in new members, and they're also preoccupied with making money. Ha ha! MLM scams. The money people. The umbrella people who ask for donations in because you know Jesus really needs it. Members are also expected to devote inordinate amounts of time to the group and group-related activities. If you have anything outside, you don't have a life, if you have a life on your own, that's considered deviant, that's considered bad to do. And the most loyal members, the true believers, feel there can be no life outside the context of the group. They believe that there is no other way to be and often fear the reprisals to themselves or others if they leave the group. And these, if you see all these particular traits, if you see too many of these traits crop up in, I don't know, these people, these folks, these group of threes that come and tell you about their wonderful new faith that in no way is anything related to any denomination. Or maybe they're a political group that's telling you that you should listen and you shouldn't question anymore. This is indicative of a cult mentality. And if you see it, guys, as a personal advice from host to audience, run away. There is just no good in dealing with these people. And sometimes, if you do have a friend who has been crapped in these kind of things, first off, my condolences. Second off, there are ways to save him because one of the things is that they're trying their best to cut you off from the culture. As long as you can keep a link of friendship to this person, slowly you can help him come back to the, come back out, get out of that muck and mire that they tend to put themselves in. So guys... This concludes our segment for What's New at KDU. If you guys have any comments or feedbacks, please leave it down in our website. And if you guys want to know more about these kind of things, if you are interested in seeing more of this sort of stuff in What's New KDU, do let me know. It takes some time to do some research about this stuff, and more, the more positive responses I get, the more resource, resources I can devote into actually coming up with good material for you guys. So I do hope to look forward to, I look forward to your feedback. So till next week. See you guys. This is Aaron signing off. Hi, I'm Susan from CF and you're listening to KDU Campus Radio.